1: Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're finishing Divergent, specifically chapters 38 and 39. I'll throw that in there. Before we get into it, I just want to preview what's going to happen over the next few weeks. I've got some fun little bonus episodes planned. Next week, we're going to be looking at the Divergent movie. There'll be a secret bonus episode drop at some point. I'm actually pretty excited about it. I think it will be a bit of fun. There might be actually two secret bonus episodes. So keep an eye out on your feeds. And then following that, I will be starting Stephanie Meyer's Eclipse. So we're going back into the Twilight Saga. Can't wait. But if you're super into Divergent, if you're like a Divergent person, I will be covering Insurgent, the sequel, over on Patreon. You can gain access to those episodes by visiting patreon.com slash breaking down bad books. We're still covering Fifty Shades Darker, so we won't get to it just yet, but it is a few weeks away. So yeah, lots of fun, exciting things coming. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next few weeks. And we got a new review in recently, and that was from Mandalay again. And on iTunes, they said, my own personal brand of heroin, this podcast is so addictive and so funny, truly a masterpiece, which I thought was a fun callback to Twilight. So I thought I'd read that one out. Thank you so much for sending that in. Reviews are always appreciated, especially the good ones. <laughs> but let's get back into Divergent. So where we left off, she was like, I'm going to go to the computer room and dismantle the simulation, the data, there's something about data, something about computers and transmitters and data. and." Apparently four is, is the lone security guard just looking after this data. So she goes on a little mission with her dad and her brother and Marcus and they run into Peter. She doesn't shoot Peter in the head, but she did kill Will. Oh, and then her dad dies. So rest in peace to him. And now she's in the computer room. She opens the door and oh, what a shock there's four. As was previously advised by Janine. So she walks into the room, four sees her and he raises his gun and is like, drop your weapon. And she's like, you're in a simulation, Tobias. And he's like, drop your weapon. So yeah, you're not gonna talk someone out of a simulation. And then she reminds us that he's in a simulation. She's like, well, Janine told me this and that. Thank God for Janine dropping all of those truth bombs. And so then she puts her gun down and he says, drop your weapon. And she's like, I just did. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I did. And then she's like, why can't, oh, he can't hear me. He can't see me. He doesn't know me. He's just in a simulation. And she's thinking, shit, well, he might actually shoot me if he thinks I'm still holding a gun. So she runs at him and she grabs his wrist. And then she has a moment where she's like, oh, look at his muscles. She's always got to tell us about his muscles, even in a life or death situation. And he shoots, but the bullet hits the wall behind her because she knocks his arm. She just dushes his arm out of the way. And then she kicks him in the ribs and he drops the gun. And she's like, I can't beat Tobias in a fight. I know that already. Well, you're doing a pretty good job so far. And she wants to shoot the computer or something, so she gets the gun, but then he gets a hold of her, and he's punching her in the jaw. Oof. And then she drops the gun and so she kicks the gun away, so he can't reach the gun. I thought there were two guns. She walked in with a gun that she put on the floor. He also had a gun. So I don't know why they're flailing about trying to gain control over this one gun when there's multiple guns. So yes,
0: so yes, so no.
1: Oh and she's even thinking like I don't know what I'm going to do when I get the gun I can't shoot him she says I can't shoot him I can't shoot him I can't that's the sentence <laughs> and she says it's because he's in there somewhere well it didn't stop you from shooting will so he's overpowered her He's smacking her head into the wall and then she's making eye contact with him and she's like, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll make eye contact with him and then everything will be okay. That's her plan. And you know what? It works. She's doing the whole, Tobias, I know you're in there somewhere. And then she thinks his grip falters and so she overpowers him. She manages to get her hand around the gun and then she's pointing the gun at him. And she's like, I'm not gonna shoot him. And she's like, Tobias, please, please see me see me, Tobias. Please, please see me. She's just on a loop. And she says, even when he scowls, his eyes look thoughtful. And I remember how his mouth curled when he smiled. How many times did she ever see him smile? I'm, I'm struggling to recall. And she's thinking, I can't kill him. I'm not sure if I love him. Not sure if that's why I can't kill him. But I'm sure of what he would do if our positions were reversed. And I was like, what? He, He choked you. Just a few chapters ago. He's been banging your head against the wall. Yeah, he's in a simulation, but mm, still. But she's like, there's nothing worth killing him for. What? I thought an abdication was gonna die every second. Get to it. And so then she thinks about what she's done in her fear landscape previously. She's like, when I've got a voice shouting at me to fire at the people I love, I volunteered to die instead. And it's like, yeah, you're not in a simulation, Tris. I don't know how that even worked in your simulation. And she says, I can't imagine how it's gonna help, but I just know it's the right thing to do. I know. And she says, no, in italics. So she's like, yep, this is what I'm doing. And she says, my father says, well, used to say, that there is power in self-sacrifice. Yeah, he just did it and he's dead. And look where it got you. You're about to die too. So she turns the gun and puts it into Tobias's hand. And then she pushes the barrel, into her forehead. So I don't know what kind of plan this is. It seems like she's giving up. An abnegation is going to die for every second. And she's, she's screwed up royally. That's what I think. And we have another moment where she's like, well, I'm about to die. And she says, I wonder how it will be, if it will be just a bang, or if I will find myself in another world. I'll just wait and see what happens. And she thinks, can I be forgiven for all I've done to get here? To get here and give up is what you've done. And that's the end of the chapter. She says, I don't know, I don't know, please. What an idiot, to quote Hermione Granger. I don't know why she's giving up. You had the gun, just shoot Tobias. Shoot him in the leg. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this, Tris. You can shoot people in their limbs. But then we start the next chapter, chapter 39, the last chapter, and she says, The shot doesn't come. And I'm like, Well, no shit. Remember when we were reading the contents page weeks and weeks ago when we just started this book and it had like the first line of every chapter printed? And so I was like, Yeah, I already know the shot's not going to come. So the shot didn't come as predicted. But yeah, somehow her self sacrifice plan worked, it broke the simulation. And he's not shooting her and she's thinking, oh yeah, he's divergent. He can fight the simulation, any simulation. It's like, what? This, the purpose of this simulation was to, uh, to work against divergent people. So I don't know why she's like, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll get out of the simulation. Like he's already choked you and beaten you up. And she's like, Tobias, it's me. And then she's hugging him. And he drops the gun and hugs her back, but his fingers dig into that area of her skin where she was shot, like just a few hours earlier. So that hurts. And she's like, ow. And then she's thinking, oh, maybe he does mean to kill me still. Whoops. But then he's like, Triss. And then he kisses her. And she says, his neck is slick with sweat. His body is shaking and my shoulder blazes with pain, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Why does she need to repeat everything. Why does she feel the need to repeat everything? And then his brush and a face and something like a sob and a sigh and a moan escapes him. <laughs> and then he kisses her again. A sob and a sigh and a moan. So like a, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. And then they're both just crying and hugging each other. And she's like, how'd you do it? And he says, I don't know. I just heard your voice." Yeah, I don't know. That's a plan that could have easily backfired. It was pretty risky on Triss's part. I wouldn't have done it. And then she says, after a few seconds, I remember why I'm here. A few seconds, that means three abnegation are dead. So then she's looking at the screens and she's like, oh, that screen overlooks the drinking fountain, which is where she had a pivotal scene once before. So that's that's a fun callback. And then they're just staring at the screens going, huh, now what? And he says, was I running the simulation? And like, no, obviously not for, it started and you weren't even under the simulation for hours. You were on a train ride to abnegation. You got interrogated. She was in a water tank. Like you weren't running it clearly. And she says, no, nah, I don't think so. I think you were just monitoring it. It was already complete. I have no idea, but Janine made it so it could work on its own. I'm, I'm very confused how Janine managed to this. And so on the screen, she can see her brother, Marcus and Peter standing around and Dauntless soldiers are about to attack them. And she's like, oh shit, we better get going. So Tobias runs to the computer screen and taps it a few times with his fingers. So it's a touch screen, And then he's just like typing on the screen, typing in letters. And she's like, makes no sense to me. I don't know how he knows what to do. And she's watching the screen still at them approaching her brother. And her brother has a gun. And it seems like her brother might've shot someone and she's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. Cause she's thinking, oh, we'll wake them up in a minute. So don't shoot my dauntless friends, even though she killed Will. And she's like, Tobias. And then he presses the screen <laughs> and he did it. <laughs> Everyone on the first floor goes still, their arms drop to their sides. And then they're like, wait a minute. And they drop their guns and they're shouting at each other and some sink to their knees, some are rocking back and forth, back and forth. Another bit of repetition. Rocking back and forth, comma, back and forth. Like the phrase back and forth already indicates that it's happening multiple times. You don't need to say it twice. So she's like, oh, great, we did it. She sits down. She's like, oh, that's a load off my chest. That was really stressing me out. And he says, "Uh, we have to get the data. Otherwise they'll just start the simulation again. And I'm like, what? So, like, he needs to get the data off the screen. Otherwise, Janine will just like, I don't know, like hit send again or something. But like, Janine would have written this down elsewhere, right? Janine's got a notebook filled with some sort of, what, code, encryption? I, I don't know. But he just thinks, oh, will just pull it off the computer I'll just get the document off the computer and <laughs> I don't know she won't be able to do this again I think she'll be able to do it again and so Triss is like oh that's nice that's interesting for and she's just looking at what's going on on the screens and because the screens show the whole city and so she's looking at the one that shows the abnegation sector and the dauntless are firing at each other they're shoving each other they're screaming chaos people are dropping to the ground people are sprinting in every direction so there is a revolt You know, last week she said to us, there'll probably be a revolt. And what do you know, there was. I guess that's because Veronica's writing this and she's like, well, there's gonna be a revolt. So I'm gonna flag that Tris will suspect that. Oh, and Tobias got it. So she's looking at that screen for like three seconds and Tobias is like, got it, got the data. And he pulls out the computer's hard drive and it's a piece of metal about the size of his palm. And that's that's the simulation serum data bullshit. That's all it is. And she shoves it into a back pocket. I don't know. I still think Janine's got a backup floppy disk or a USB or something with this code on it or the data. Why are they calling it data? I don't know what this is. And I don't know why she's holding onto it. Is she going to destroy it? Like, just destroy it. And so she's like, all right, we've got to go. And he says, yep, let's go. And so they walk down the hallway and she's like, ah, the elevator reminds me of my father. And I was like, yeah, I think his corpse that you're about to stumble onto will also remind you of him perhaps. And then she's like, oh yeah, there's there's the body on the floor next to the elevator. I was like, yeah, I don't know why you need the reminder. She needs the visual cue of the elevator to be like, oh yeah, my dad just died six minutes ago. And then a strangled scream escapes her. I don't know how that would sound like a, Something like that. And so she crouches down by the body, breathing through her mouth so she doesn't smell the blood. So she's like a Bella swan that can smell blood. I still can't smell blood. I, I, I I don't get it. And then she clamps her hand over her mouth to contain a sob. So now I'm thinking she can't breathe because she's not breathing through her nose. Now she's got a hand over her mouth. She's about to pass out through lack of oxygen. But she only lasts five seconds. She says, five more seconds, five seconds of weakness. And then I get up. And then she says, one, two, three, four, five. So then we cut to, they must be downstairs. She doesn't really know where she is. She says, there's an elevator and a glass room and a rush of cold air. And it's like, yeah, I I think you're in the same spot that you were just in. You just went down the elevator. And then she says, there's a crowd of Dauntless shouting about, and she's looking around for Caleb. And she says, he's nowhere, nowhere until we leave the glass building and step out into the sunlight. So then she sees Caleb, they hug each other. And he's like, dad. And she just shakes her head. And he says, well, he would have wanted it that way. Would he? Would he really? If you were to say to him, hey, how would you prefer to die? He'd be like, well, I'd love it. If my wife's already dead, she gets shot by some soldiers who are brainwashed. And then my kids and I, we go on a train trip and get this, we have to run for the train and jump onto it because it doesn't stop. Isn't that crazy? And then, I don't know, I'll just like go trying to find some data with my kids and then I'll be in an elevator and then I'll start shooting all these guards because I'm apparently good with a gun. And then, yeah, I'll die. I'll die distracting the guards while my kid gets away. That's how I want to go. Yep, that's what he would have wanted. He wouldn't have wanted to die in his sleep. He wouldn't have wanted to die at the nice age of 98, surrounded by grandkids and puppies. No, nah, that's how he would have wanted to go. And then she looks around, she's like, Where's Tobias? And then Tobias is standing there rigid because he's looking at Marcus, his dad who abused him. And so then Marcus awkwardly walks up and hugs Tobias, but Tobias is still frozen, his arms at his sides and his face blank. And I'm like, Oh no, he's got the serum again. But no, he just, doesn't wanna see his dad. And then she remembers about the belt and the landscape and all of that. And she's like, hey, get away from him. Get away from him. And so she's like squeezing herself in between Marcus and Four. And Caleb's like, Beatrice, what the hell are you doing? And Marcus gives her a scandalized look that seems false to her. She says his eyes are too wide and his mouth is too open. So uh, she's apparently a candor now because she can read body language and can tell when someone's lying. And she says, if I could find a way to smack that look off his face, I would. Um, then just smack him. If I could find a way to smack that face, well, just smack the face. What, why does she need to try and find a way to do it? Just, just smack him. And she says to him, not all those erudite articles were full of lies. And he's like, whoa, what are you talking about? He says, I don't know what you've been told, Beatrice. She says, the only reason I haven't shot you yet is because he's the one who should get to do it. Stay away from him or I'll decide I no longer care. So she's like all for Tobias murdering his dad. And honestly, to each their own, go for it. And Tobias still hasn't said anything. He just like squeezes her arm. Which again, I'd be avoiding her whole arm area since she just got shot in the arm or in the shoulder. So maybe dial back the touching. And Marcus has just given her a look like, ugh, this bitch, and then he walks away. And Tobias is like, yeah, we should get going. The train will be here any second. The train, is there just the one train that's going around everywhere? Or are there a fleet of trains? Uh, I just have more questions about the trains than anything. So they walk to the train tracks and Tobias's jaw is clenched and he's staring straight ahead. And she's like, oh, Maybe I should have let him deal with his father on his own. And I'm thinking, babe, they're gonna have a long train ride together right now, like a very awkward trip. It's time for them to work through their issues. You said your piece, move on. And she's like, sorry. And he says, you have nothing to be sorry for, but he's shaking, he's still shaking. And she says, if we take the train in the opposite direction, okay, so that the train can go multiple directions. Maybe they're going, oh, I don't know what they're doing. Are they driving the train? Anyway, if we take the train in the opposite direction out of the city instead of in, we can go to Amity Headquarters. That's where the others went. So Amity Headquarters, I know their farms are outside of the fence line, but do they live outside of the fence line too? What a cushy little dream job that is if all the trouble's inside the fence line. Although what's the point of a fence if a whole fifth of your society is living outside of the fence? I don't know, we'll we'll hopefully get some clarity on that when we cover Insurgent on Patreon, patreon.com slash breaking down bad books. And then they discuss what Candor might do and she's like, I don't know how Candor will respond. They wouldn't side with the erudite. They would never do something that underhanded, but they may not fight the erudite either. Where is she getting this from? She's met like three Candor people in her life. So they're standing by the tracks, waiting a few minutes before the train comes. (laughs) this fucking train. And she gets picked up by Tobias and she leans into him. She takes some deep breaths of his skin. She says, since he saved me from the attack, you know, the one with Peter and Drew and Al and all that, I have associated his smell with safety. So as long as I focus on it, I feel safe now. So he smells like safety. I wonder if she got that whiff when he was beating her up and choking her and punching her in the ribs and the face, but okay. And she says, I feel safe now, but the truth is I will not feel safe as long as Peter and Marcus are with us. I try not to look at them, but I feel their presence like I would feel a blanket over my face. And she's like, oh, why do I have to travel with these people? Just push them off the building, kill them. Say they got caught up in the riot, just kill them. And like Peter, he sort of blackmailed you into taking him with you, but you don't need to keep that promise. Fuck him, he tried to kill you as we just referenced. And then she's thinking, where are Christina and Tori? Dead or waking as murderers? And it's like, yeah, you shot Will. You're a murderer. And she's like, what are they doing? Are they already dead? Oh, I wish I knew. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. Actually, I hope Christina (laughs) doesn't find Will's body and then her candor trained eyes will see that I'm the one who killed him. I just know it. Her candor trained eyes. She'll just figure it all out. So I. She doesn't admit this, but I think she's secretly hoping Christina's dead. So the train comes, it doesn't stop, so they have to run and jump on. Oh boy. And the train turns and she can see the city behind her. It will get smaller and smaller until we see where the tracks end, the forests and fields I last saw when I was too young to appreciate them. That's a poorly constructed sentence, but yeah, we get the gist. She says the kindness of Amity will comfort us for a while, though we can't stay there forever. Soon the erudite and corrupt, dauntless leaders will look for us. Well, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to find you. You go into Amity, obviously. And so then she says to four, my parents died today. And he's like, oh God, that's a grim bit of chit chat. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And she says, they died for me. And he's like, yep, that they loved you. So that would have been a great way to go. There was no better way to show you that they loved you. And it's like, "Mm, okay, maybe show someone you love them with presents. Maybe a cake on their birthday. Maybe like flowers. Um, Just an unexpected act of kindness. Maybe a card. Th- those are all great ways to show that you love someone. Maybe a hug. Cook a meal for someone. And then he says, you nearly died today. I almost shot you. Why didn't you shoot me, Tris? Great fucking question. She's like, I don't know. It would have been like shooting myself. And I was like, what? You met him like three weeks ago. And then he says, I have something to tell you. And he says, I might be in love with you. I'm waiting until I'm sure to tell you though. Well, cat's out of the bag. I know you're trying to be cute, but cat's out of the bag. And I think it's too soon. And she's like, yeah, that's sensible. We should find some papers so you can make a list or a chart or something. Hilarious, 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 hilarious. ba And he says, maybe I'm already sure and I just don't want to frighten you. Well, you're telling her. I don't know why you're pretending like you're not saying it out loud, but you are. And then he says, fine, I love you. Oh boy. And so then they kiss. She says, I kiss him for as long as I want, for longer than I should, given that my brother sits three feet away from me. Oh, I forgot about that. Also, your parents just both brutally died and you're here kissing your boyfriend on a train. Like there's a time and a place, Tris, and I think you need to respect the window of grieving. And note, she doesn't say it back at all. She, <laughs> she has not said it. And then she reaches into a pocket and she takes out the hard drive that contains the simulation data. Just, you know, a convenient MacGuffin. And then she's turning it in her hands and Marcus's eyes cling greedily to the movement. And she's like, ooh, not safe, not quite safe. So yeah, he's the villain for the next book, I'm sure of it. And then she's clutching the hard drive to her chest Then she leans on Tobias' shoulder and tries to sleep. And she thinks Abnegation and Dauntless are both broken. Their members scattered. I don't know if Abnegation's members are so much scattered as mostly dead. There's a few surviving members at Amity. And she's like, we are like the factionless now. Ew, the factionless, gross. Oh, she hates the factionless so much. She's got to throw in one last jab, the last page of the book. And she's like, ugh, factionless. And she's like, oh, I don't know what life will be like separated from a faction. It feels so disengaged, like a leaf divided from the tree that gives it sustenance. Get over yourself. She says, I have no home, no path, and no certainty. I am no longer tryst the selfless or the brave. I suppose that now I must become more than either. And that's the end of the chapter. And I'm thinking, be both. <laughs> What's the problem with being both? What's the problem with being Many different fucking traits. Also, you're smart as well. Remember, you were apt for erudite, so you should also be clever. I don't know, is she that clever? And that's the book. We are done. So as I said, stay tuned. Next week, we'll be looking at the Divergent Film adaptation, and there will also be a couple of bonus eps. So yeah, they're top secret at the moment. And then after those bonus eps and the film, we will be looking at Eclipse, Twilight, baby. And if you're really keen to continue on with Triss's story, you can go over to patreon.com slash breaking down bad books, sign up to the bonus episodes and get your own exclusive feed. And we'll just wrap up 50 Shades Darker on there first. So you can catch up on all those old eps and you can also catch up on all of the 365 Days episodes as well. And that's $3 a month new episodes every Friday. And so I'll see you next time. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks.